Hey, what's up, podcast? This is Match Lava, and we're listening to the Road to Freedom Pod. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Match Lava. And today is Friday, July first, twenty twenty-two. It's been a busy day. I got up early and really started to get after it a little bit earlier today than uh, normally that I have been this week, and so it's been good. I got some work done with sourcing, and I ended up doing. Uh, going after a couple releases this morning. So let's kind of get into those. We can chop it up a little bit and talk about what released today. And I can talk about some of the things that I've been doing for Amazon. And so this morning we had two releases that were of note, maybe three if you want to count the the brick that I bought today. Um, But we had a Jordan 1 low release that came out on the Nike app. We had a Disney Loungefly release that I've been keeping an eye on. And then we had a a Jordan 36 low Luca player edition uh, colorway that came out. And originally, the let's touch on that first. Let's touch on the Luca Jordan 36. So it's a good looking shoe. Uh, colors are on point. I think they did a very good job with the colorway of the shoe. Overall, just looks like a very playable Jordan 36. It, like it, It's not one of their uglier colorways. It's not an ugly graffiti colorway or one of their iridescent colorways. It just looks like trash. This is actually a really good colorway. And I have been kind of dabbling a little bit into buying some of these better sneakers that are performance shoes that are made to play basketball in, and it's gone so-so. There's some shoes that are sold out that do really well. There's some shoes that don't sell out that don't do very well. The good thing is, though, I'm trying to buy shoes that have good return policies, so that way I can get the shoe in, and if it doesn't sell on eBay, I can return it, and it's not a big deal. And so that ends up being the case with what happened today. So these ended up releasing... And they released on, they were supposed to release on three sites Dick Sporting Goods, Finish Line, and JD Sports. And then, uh, and Finish Line and JD Sports, they're owned by the same company. It's, it's like the same exact site, just different URLs. Um, and they operate the exact same way. So I kind of count those as one site. And then they're supposed to release on the Nike app. And I don't know what ended up happening, but they ended up getting delayed on the Nike app, getting delayed on Finish Line and JD. But they did release on Dick Sporting Goods. And so I ended up buying a, pair of those and I think size 14 that was the highest selling price on StockX and I also kind of I've had good luck selling size 14s especially in basketball shoes you think about who's going to play basketball typically somebody with a bigger foot because they're taller and so uh, you want to if you're good at basketball and you're going to be buying performance shoes a lot of those people that play basketball that are actually like going to either play in the in college or that are playing really well in high school um, they're usually pretty tall. And so they have bigger feet and size 14 actually would be a more common size for a basketball player than it would be for just your average person. And so I, I do well with those. I like buying size 14s and I bought those and they didn't sell out, which I was kind of expecting. I'm not too upset about it. Um, I was kind of buying them on the off chance that they did sell out because they were the only site that had them available today. I figure if they sell out, there's a chance that I could be able to flip those and make some quick profit on them. And I was hoping to make a little bit more than just like a $20, $30 profit. I was hoping to get somewhere around $50 to $60 profit on that shoe. It's not looking like that's going to be the case, though. I'll probably end up returning them, and that's, that's what it is. The next shoe that came out, though, was the Jordan 1 Low Reverse Black Toe. And it literally, I don't know why they called it that. I don't know why they didn't call it like uh, Black Heel or Shadow Heel or something like that. But whatever, it's the Reverse Black Toe, and that's a mouthful. And... It's a decent looking Jordan. It kind of has a, that Chicago colorway vibe. Um, it's a looks like a white Jordan one. I believe the swoosh is black, and then it has a like red upper and on some of the uh, kind of outside edges of the shoe and stuff. It's red, so it basically looks like a Chicago Jordan one. 
um, but then the back heel is black and they call that the reverse black toe which it, it is what it is but overall it wasn't a bad looking shoe and a lot of these Jordan 1s tend to do really well in size 7 specifically for Jordan 1 low and so I'll buy those and hold them and hopefully they'll go up in value. I've seen a lot of clean Jordan 1s go up in value over time. These ones are already selling a little bit in a size 7 anyways. I think they're about $20 to $30 over retail on StockX right now, which isn't bad. It's actually kind of promising. And so we'll kind of see how things play out. Now, the one concern I did have with this shoe is that it did not seem like it was going to go and do as well as some other Jordan 1 lows that have come out based on previous history of Jordan 1 lows that look like this colorway. So ones that have a white, black, and red uh, like color scheme that isn't a traditional Chicago colorway haven't done that well. I'm not sure why. Maybe people just didn't like them as much. But a Chicago Jordan 1 for, I think they came out in 2016, it's going for right around, I think it's over a grand at this point. And so based off that shoe, and I think prices are somewhere around fourteen dollars to $1,500, um, you can kind of expect, at least in my opinion, I think that there's a possibility that this one could do pretty well. Similar color scheme to the Chicago colorway, just a black heel. And so, I don't know. I mean, we'll see how it goes. Um, we'll see end up, if these end up flipping well. If not, I don't believe they're going to drop under $100. So I'll be able to get my money back if I need to. Uh, but we'll see. I'm going to hold a couple pairs in size 7. It's a harder size to get anyways. Uh, it did. It was one of the only sizes that sold out immediately of this shoe. So stock was obviously pretty low for that size. And I think the other size that sold out was 12.5, which Nike never makes those. Like 12.5 are such a difficult size to get. I feel for you if you're a 12.5 because there's like no chance of you ever getting that shoe uh, or any shoe in 12.5 because it's just so difficult. But seven and 12 and a half I think were the only sizes that sold out so I feel pretty good about it and I do believe the shoe ended up selling out throughout the day and so different than the KD15s I bought yesterday which I have four pairs of that are going to be coming here um, those did not sell out I feel like a complete bozo for buying four pairs I didn't think that they would I didn't think that I'd hit on every account that I entered in but it is what it is and uh, kind of keep it moving at that point and so that's what we had as far as shoes now I did mention a Disney lounge fly we can touch on that for a moment it was a special edition Disney Lounge fly that they were doing, released today at 10 o'clock in the morning, and it was like a, it was based on their Tiki Room, I believe, I don't think it's a ride, it may be a ride that's at Disney, my girlfriend would know more about this because she's super big on Disney stuff, but basically, the last one that they did for, they did like a Minnie Mouse series, now they're doing a Mickey Mouse series, and the Minnie Mouse one it was right over... I think that it's right around $200 to $300 resale. Originally, I think I sold mine for $170. This was back during 2020. So like during COVID, they started doing all these special releases, doing all these Minnie Mouse, like special lounge fly releases every month. And I think that mine ended up selling for right around, I don't know, $170. And so now this one that I'm getting today, uh, it looks a little bit worse. I'm not as bullish on the colorway but it is a, a decent looking backpack and so we'll see how prices do on these right now they're looking at about 180 to 200 bucks retail was right around 90 dollars when you factor in tax and i live in a um well it was right over so like i was going to say i live in a tax-free state but they did tax me on this because it's not considered clothing and so that right there 90 dollars for a lounge fly is pretty expensive usually when i buy lounge flies i'm looking to spend somewhere around 70 to 80 dollars max and this one was just it was a better kind of opportunity because a lot of lounge flies are sold on shopify sites so you can't return them as easily where 
on Shop Disney, you can you can return stuff pretty easily. So I ended up getting one of those. It's sold out relatively quick. It's on back order, so that's the only concern that I have. I'm happy it's on back order because that means that it's sold out of regular stock. I'll get it before most people that ordered it, and they'll be able to sell it. But for people that wanted it, it being on back order is kind of a pain for me because now it's not like people have that FOMO of not being able to get it. They know that there's going to come maybe a couple weeks later. So it's good and bad. It shows me that I did get a bag that sold out relatively quick, but also, you know, they basically didn't do any restocks of the bag. They just left it on back order and they'll probably do it uh, as a made to order bag or something like that. So we'll see. We'll see how things end up going. Prices on eBay right now look really good though. They're around 180 to $200, uh, but there's no sales. And so you kind of have to figure out, at least in my opinion, I'm going to have to figure out whether or not. Uh, where I want to price it at and I'm probably going to be pricing it near the upper end of that near that 180 to 190 range but we'll just have to see where they sell because right now it looks good it looks good on paper that they're priced that high but with no sales I'm not really certain as to where it will kind of shake out as to what they'll sell for but if these end up selling out and they end up doing decent um, and they kind of take that back order option away could see this bag doing pretty well for me and uh, I ended up paying for it in GFNF I think I talked about this a little bit yesterday but I think that it, there may be some opportunity for some decent, decent profit on this. I mean, if that thing actually does sell around 180 to 200 dollars, which I wasn't predicting at all, I was thinking it would be more around 130 ish. Um, I think that there's really good opportunity to be able to make some good money on that. So that's the three releases we had today. I ended up hitting on all three of those. Reason being, they weren't really super in demand, especially the Lucas. That was a complete whiff on my part. I don't think I'm going to be able to make any money on those, and I'll probably have to return them. The Jordan 1 reverse black toes, we'll see. I mean, I just got the Cardinal Lowe's in that I ordered. I believe I ordered those earlier this week on Monday. They just came in today on Friday, and they're clean. I mean, they look really good. I, I like them, and I don't really see a large difference between those and some of the other colorways they've released that are uh, similar looking, like they're their red colorways and stuff like that, the gym red colorway. The cardinal colorway is probably a little bit darker, but it just looks clean. The The yellow complements it very well um, with the stitching and stuff. They did a good job with that shoe, and I honestly think it could do pretty well for me. So I'm happy I bought those. I'm happy I got the shoes I got today. We'll see what quality and stuff looks like when those come in, but that's really what we're looking at now. Now, I did touch on tomorrow's shoes yesterday on, on the podcast about what I'm looking at for those. I'm not sure. I think I'm going to actually enter for the bleached coral ones because um, there's a lot of people talking about them on Twitter. Not really certain what prices will do. I think people are going to be bullish on it. If you look back, there was like an Arctic pink colorway that came out for Jordan 1 highs back in like the early, I don't know, I want to say 20, like 11, 2012 time frame. It may have been a little bit earlier or later than that. But they are a very, very highly sought after Jordan 1 because I don't think they made many pairs of them. And I think that resale prices are in the several thousands of dollars for that shoe. And so this Jordan 1 Low, I don't really remember a color that's looked exactly like this one. It's actually really good looking. I wouldn't wear it because I'm not big into wearing like pink or salmon colored stuff. It's just not my style. But if you are, this is a good looking shoe. And I, I can kind of see that it's a good looking shoe even though I wouldn't wear it. And so I'll probably be entering for that and just it's expensive is a Jordan one low for $130 that that's not sitting exactly well with me but it is an OG so the material should be a little bit better it looks like it's a better Jordan one if it comes in it's just trash I'll probably return it but if not it may present a hold opportunity for me depending on what size I enter in and so I'm going to be looking at that I may I may buy that shoe if I can tomorrow I think stock will be a little bit higher 
Um, just the stock that they've been doing on some of these Jordan 1 lows has been actually obscenely high. It's not in like the uh, 15 to 20K range. A lot of them have been somewhere around the 50K range. And so that's a pretty good chance of hitting on the sneakers app, especially for a shoe that's not nearly as sought after as your really hyped up uh, shoes like a Kobe or uh, like some sort of off-white or just like some sort of collaboration. Typically, they do a lot lower stock and there's a lot higher demand for that. This will probably be so-so, so I would say you'd have a pretty decent chance of hitting on the lows tomorrow, as well as the highs. The the stage haze, and I think they're calling those bleach coral as well. I don't really know why. That that doesn't make any sense for me. They're stage haze because they are like a hazy-looking colorway. They have like a smoky uh, heel on them made out of suede. Those are going to... I don't know what those are going to do. It's just... It's so tough to tell. And again, I don't know if I'm going to enter for those or not. I may, but I was watching some reviews on them. The black leather looked a little bit odd. I'm not sure if it's going to be good or if it's going to be bad. I'm not sure if people are going to like this shoe. And I was talking to one of my cousins about it today. He was asking me a little bit about my opinions on it and stuff. I, I mean, I'm looking at this shoe. If I end up buying that shoe, that's a several, I would say that's at least a two to three year hold for me probably because I would want to see a lot of recovery in some of like the basic just like market of not just sneakers, but in general, like the markets are down, stocks are doing terribly. I think they're having their worst start to a year since 1970 is what I've seen. And so at that point, like we need to have some recovery here because shoes aren't going to go up if stocks and uh, like general market sentiment isn't going up. That's like, it's all, Pomp always says it's all one trade and it kind of is where if, if the markets in stock and financial world aren't doing well, like I really don't expect sneakers to do that great either. And people aren't going to be wanting to run out and spend a lot of money on sneakers when they don't feel like their portfolio is doing well with stocks. And so you kind of run into this weird thing where, you know, this could be a good shoe, but is it the best place to put my money uh, over the long term? If you're, if you maybe have a lot of money laying around and you're willing to take that bet, you know, you could do very well. But for me, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's where I want to put my money right now for the next couple of years. I think that I could probably turn that $170, $180. I think they may be one they may be 170 or like 190. I'm not really certain because they used to be 170 with all the inflation and the the rising costs of shoes that Nike's been putting out there. I'm not even sure what they're retailing for at this point, but resale prices are terrible. I mean, they're around 200 bucks. So for this shoe, again, I believe that in 2020, I think this shoe would have crushed. I think we would have seen $300 prices on this easy, but it's 2022 times are different. And so um, which ironically the world was shut down then and people weren't even like working as much and they felt like they had more money now unemployment's at like a very very low rate and um, people feel like they have no money so it's just it, it's crazy like just things are different and people aren't spending as much money I can see it in my eBay sales a lot of you can see it in your sales as well I've heard a lot of people talk about this I don't know how fast it's going to get better and I don't want to be left holding the bag and having to liquidate a bunch of sneakers that I don't want to hold. And so I may not buy those shoes tomorrow, but I do really like the colorway. I think it's clean. I think, again, like, you know, if markets bounce back, if the Fed starts to kind of change their their tone a little bit here, and we do see some sort of reversal in the markets, for me personally, and again, not financial advice or anything like that, but I do believe that I could, like, if this shoe it was in a hot sneaker market, I think it would do really well. And so... I'll kind of play it by ear. I'm going to look at it. I'm going to look at resale prices a little bit. I'm going to maybe look at some more quality reviews, and that's what I would do if I were you. If you're looking to see if you think a shoe's going to do well, typically I like to look at reviews as to what the quality of the materials on the shoe is, if it's a decent colorway. Because like the Shadow 2.0's ugliest, ugliest shoe when you get it in hand, it's a great idea for a colorway, but the materials are just trash. They are absolutely awful. I can't stress that enough. If I was to 
want to buy a Jordan 1 and I got that thing in the mail and that was like the shoe that I was going to buy as like my Jordans, I would I would really question my my decisions as to whether or not Jordan even made like good shoes because that shoe is the epitome of just a trashy gross looking shoe made out of plasticky leather that doesn't really it's not it's clearly not real leather it, it's just it's a disgrace it really is it's a terrible shoe and so if if a shoe comes in and looks like that like i'm not going to hold it i want i want rid of that if it's selling great i'll get rid of it if it's not selling return it like whatever but if this shoe comes in and it looks good then there's the opportunity that hey i maybe should have gotten it and i do expect it to sell out i'm not going to say the markets are so bad that this shoe's not going to sell out I, I don't see that happening but i do think that it may not have the resale that we're looking for right off the bat. And so I'm not sure if I'm going to end up buying it or not. I, I'm kind of going to play that by ear, like I said, and kind of move on. The last thing I did today was I worked on some Amazon stuff. And it, I got to be honest, it wasn't that great. Um, it's just kind of plugging away and trying to figure out what I'm looking for. And based on some of the Facebook groups I'm in, based on some of the uh, groups that I've joined uh, to try and learn a little bit more about Amazon, there's really experienced sellers saying, hey, I do sourcing every day. Sometimes I find you know, 30 items to sell that are replenishables on Amazon. Sometimes I find one or two. And those are people that have been doing it for a year, two, three years. I've been doing this for two months. And so I'm not super discouraged. I mean, it's obviously not fun spending a day doing some sourcing and not seeing a ton of stuff. It's also kind of good though, because if you want to spin it positively, the the positive case for it would be, hey, at least you're not like, you've learned what to look for and what to filter out. And that's what I'm doing a lot of. I'm filtering out a ton of stuff that I probably would have marked down to start. Probably would have been a huge time waster for me. But also, like if I buy some of this stuff and it doesn't look good to me now, it would be something that's sitting in Amazon's warehouse for a while or I'd have to sell at a loss. It's just, it is better from that perspective that I'm not having to waste a ton of money on this kind of stuff because I am learning a little bit better how to read these keep it charts. And again, they're not super tough. People always stress how hard it is to read keep it charts, like yada, yada, yada. That's not true. Like, it, they're very simple to read once you kind of get the hang of it. You may have to spend maybe 30 to 40 minutes to really learn how to read one, but the underlying data that a keep a chart and the insights that a keep a chart can provide you are really what I'm talking about. Where if you see something like a keep a chart where all the sellers, there's around like 25 sellers, right? And it tells you how many sellers are on a product. If you see that chart go from 25 sellers immediately down to like zero or one or two, um, that's probably not an indicator that all the sellers immediately sold out and there was like some great demand that rushed into the market. What it probably was is a IP complaint or some sort of thing that Amazon did to push sellers off that listing, whether somebody made an IP complaint, whether there was a trademark infringement or something like that. Uh, somebody within Amazon's uh, system that, you know, a brand came in and said, hey, we are filing an IP complaint on this and you see a bunch of sellers immediately rush out of a product either because their listings were deactivated or they, they closed them themselves because they were worried about the performance and health of their Amazon account. And so those sorts of things, Keep It doesn't tell you that. Like it's not gonna be like, hey, there's a large drop in sellers for you know day this day in the year. It's not gonna like come out and say, hey, you should really be worried about this because uh, these sellers dropped off immediately and that's an indication of an IP complaint. It's not gonna tell you that. But that's stuff that I, you learn over time to kind of look at and read. And again, it's using the data based on the Keep It chart that shows you all the information about a product over time and then kind of using your own 
intuition to make assumptions and analysis based off of that product. And why would that be helpful? Well, somebody's placing IP complaints on a product, you don't probably want to jump on that product because that could lead to you getting IP complaints that could put your Amazon account health in jeopardy and that could get your Amazon account suspended or deactivated. And so these are little things that I've been picking up over time and trying to learn and trying to kind of incorporate into my sourcing. And so that's good because once I kind of have those things down, it's caused me to pass up on a lot of products, which you may think, well, that's you're, you're losing profit. What I'm actually doing is, yeah, I'm losing very short-term profit, but what I'm avoiding is long-term issues that I would have to deal with with Amazon where my account health gets in jeopardy or I'm spending days trying to fix an IP complaint because there's times where that happens. And it's just, it's better to try and avoid those things if possible. And so if I'm being overly cautious, I'd rather do it. If it's gonna take me a little bit longer to do it the right way, I'd rather do it rather than kind of get myself in a pickle trying to figure out IP complaints and getting screwed on that end. So that's what I've been working on. It's been, like I said, it's been a bit of a grind. I have my Airtable base practically where I want it at this point for now. And like I said, it's it's built in a way that it could sustain a several hundred to a several hundred thousand to million dollar business, I, I think pretty well. I think the way that I have it set up, it's very, very robust and would kind of cater to a bigger business a lot better than maybe the size of my business at this point but i'm trying to build for scalability here here and that's kind of what i'm working on and so anyway that's kind of what i got for you today not anything too interesting i'll probably be gone from the podcast for the next couple of days if not next few days just because it's going to be the fourth of july and i'm going to be celebrating with family spending some time with friends and uh, my girlfriend and her family before she ends up leaving and so it's just going to be something that i want to spend some time doing that so i may not have some time for the podcast once things kind of clear up here, though, I'll be keeping you in touch as to what I'm doing with eBay, what I'm doing with Amazon, kind of how I'm scaling my Amazon business uh, forward from there. And so anyway, with that being said, I'm going to go. You guys have a great 4th of July. Have a great 4th of July weekend. Have a great rest of your Friday. And I will talk to you tomorrow or sometime next week with another podcast. Have a good one. Peace. Peace.